0: Welcome back to the Model European Union's Strasbourg Podcast. Today we have special guests, Bustinus, Radka and Richard, a former member of the European Parliament and a former Minister of the Council, who will give us valuable insights into the responsibilities and decision-making processes within the EMU assimilation. I'm your host, Muna, and let's get started. A member of the European Parliament has the task of representing the interests of the citizens of his or her country at European level. This includes attending plenary sessions, voting on legislative proposals and working in committees to discuss and draft legislation, communicate with citizens and stakeholders, as well as monitor the use of EU funds. But what is the role of MEPs during an NUS simulation? To clarify this question, we invited Raska today. She took part in MUS 2022 and we'll talk about her tasks, experiences, and thoughts during the simulation. Hello, Radka. Good to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. So first of all, why MUS? Why did you apply to MUS particularly?
1: Well, I entered into the model EU world quite late, to be honest. Um, of course, I heard about many simulations across Europe, uh, but I always, I was always busy with uh, law school, working and internships. Um, then when we were discussing EU legislative procedure at a legal English course, the professor, who is also an interpreter, recommended MUS as a way to experience legislative procedure of the EU and uh, also in the actual buildings in Strasbourg. So I got really interested and excited about it, uh, so I decided to apply. Overall, every simulation is really interesting and special, but when you get to speak in the actual place, as the actual EU politicians, it has a different value to it.
0: I see. MUS is a unique and unparalleled experience indeed. And what tasks did you have as an MEP during the simulation?
1: Well, I only speak for myself because MEP role is very variable, but when you're, into, when you're into public speaking, you can present the ideas of your faction. When asking difficult questions to your fellow MEPs, interests you more, you can focus and listen mostly. Uh, for me, I was um, a little bit shy to speak in front of a lot of people, so I only raised some motions to keep the debate moving and ask some questions. I also prepared some amendments beforehand, so we discussed it during our faction meeting and started to search for supporters. So in my opinion, I tried to raise some ideas better or worse and see if they work and for for other people as well. Um, the debate can get really intense and it takes a lot of energy to be honest. So at some point I was kind of nervous and tired and I also announced to our interpreters that I will speak in Czech and continue speaking in English. So that was that was kind of funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I see. That was fascinating. And it sounds like challenging and rewarding experience and a role in which you, you can definitely grow personally. Yet, did you find it difficult to represent the interests of your assigned country from time to time? Um,
1: so, um, as a full disclosure, I represented Hungary as a EPP, so European People's Party Group. Um, as a reference, uh, Viktor Orbán Fidesz was part of it until 2021. So I find it a little bit challenging, but once you get the hang of it, it gets a lot of easier. The hardest thing for me was when someone was making an excellent point and I agree with it. However, as a EPP's MEP, I could not disagree more. So, um, but but as a lawyer, you know, uh, you get to advocate for people that you don't necessarily agree with. So it was a nice drill. <laughs>
0: All right, I understand. Thank you so much, Radka, for sharing your experience with us today. And last but not least, do you have any tips for upcoming MEP role players? What should they prepare for? What do you think is like the most important thing to keep in mind during the simulation for MEPs? Yeah, I think
1: that the first tip would be read your materials beforehand. it will be provided to you and you just pinpoint the things that are crucial for your country or party or faction uh, and you don't feel lost that way. Second tip would be when you're scared of speaking in front of everyone, just ask questions after someone finished speech or raise a motion so you get comfortable with the microphone and do some baby steps. And third tip would be don't be afraid to reach out for to, to other factions or c- countries with similar problems. Um, maybe give them y- your ideas and it can get pretty interesting. What I think it's really important to remember that the simulation can get really intense and pretty serious, but uh, you just don't... don't you just can't be scared if you're only learning how to be a part of a simulation. And I think that other people will guide you and help you if if you need to. So that's that's kind of my tips.
0: Well, these tips can certainly help some aspiring MEPs. Thank you so much, Ratka, for being there and tell us about telling us about your experiences. And now we'd also like to introduce you to the role of the minister. Today, we have invited Richard to introduce the role and report on the experiences made during the simulation. He also participated in MUS in 2022 and will describe the key points of his role. Hello, Richard, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Welcome, it's our pleasure. So the minister of the council plays a crucial role in the decision-making processes of the European Union. As the representative of a member state, they are responsible for advocating the country's interests, negotiating with other member states and reaching agreements on various policy issues. But let me ask you first, how was it to apply for M.U.S. and, and to be in the parliament in Strasbourg?
2: Um, well, so uh, this wasn't my first MEU. Um I, I did one first in uh, uh, which was organized by BEDA Spain. Um, and I really love that. I love the whole week and the, 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 the adventure you're kind of going into. Um, but as Radka also already mentioned, uh, I mean, it, the parliament building is, is really amazing. Uh, it's, uh, it's the real deal, so to say. Um, and I think that that also sets this MEU really apart from, uh, from other MEUs in Europe. Of course, uh, there's many great experiences, but, but this really, really adds value uh, to the experience.
0: Wow, I can imagine. And in fact, out of multiple roles participants choose when applying to MUS, the Minister of the Council role was your choice. So, could you please share with us a bit about your experience playing this role at MUS? Uh,
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So, uh, as a Minister, you are uh, indeed a part of the Council, um, which I think has a a bit of a different dynamic than uh, than maybe the Parliament, that maybe as as Radka uh, already described. Um, I think uh, the parliament is is a little bit more uh, politicized because you you work in in groups that are that are often formed based on on certain values. Um, and in the Council, this plays a lesser role because the alliances that you form are are more volatile, um, and they are different for different issues. Um, so ministers are representing the the interests of their country. Uh, but they're they're also part of a national government that can be formed from different political parties Um, so this can also make it a little bit more difficult to to really know beforehand who who supports what Um, for example i was the minister of portugal and i had uh, a few points that i wanted to focus on in uh, in the first proposal but um, after we discussed this proposal and we voted on the different amendments uh, for the second proposal, I realized that I had to look for new alliances, as some of the ministers I worked with uh, uh, on the first proposal, they all of a sudden had completely different views, opposing views even on, on the other new proposal. Um, so therefore, I think it's even more important to listen during the debates very well, and to also make use of the moments outside of the debate, to uh, to talk with others and to make friends, um, which is something that you will inevitably do, of course. But um, also for the game, it's it's super useful.
0: Well, such an interesting experience. Additionally, could you please provide us with an overview of the decision-making processes within the council and how they are simulated at MUS, please?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, So in the EU, there is something called the Ordinary Legislative Procedure. Um, and most of the legislative proposals are uh, adopted by this uh, this procedure uh, in, uh, in real life. And uh EMI of Strasbourg is is a bit of a simulation of this procedure, even though it's a little bit modified and, and in some ways a bit simplified to, of course, keep it uh, feasible for the short time you are debating on the different proposals. Um, as I mentioned, the two... Uh, the two different proposals drafted by the European Commission, they're discussed in both the European Council and the European Parliament. Um, And so, for example, the Council will discuss one of the proposals and the Parliament will discuss the other one. And um, uh, views will be uh, discussed and amendments will be proposed during these discussions. And uh, amendments that are, let's say, officially proposed um, will then be voted on. And uh, amendments that pass in these uh, chambers will be adopted into the working versions of the proposals and then the proposals will be swapped between the the two institutions and now the the parliament will be discussing the proposal as amended by the council and and vice versa and so for example the council will now debate on the other proposal which has already been amended by the parliament What's also interesting, by the way, to mention is that between the debates, trilogues will take place. And uh, apparently, I, I, I learned this recently actually. Um, this is a term which is only used in the European legislative process. And it, it is a more informal interinstitutional negotiation between a few delegates of, of the Parliament and the Council and the Commission, where you basically update each other about the positions of the chamber that you represent. And then afterwards, you report this back to your chamber. Um, so that's uh, that's that's all going on in in the meantime. Um, and uh, by the end of the week, there's there's two final versions of the proposals as amended by both chambers. Um, and that uh, those versions will be voted on. and uh, and that is also with the uh, official uh, ordinary legislative procedure it's necessary for the proposals to uh, pass it, uh, to pass in both the institutions uh, before they're uh, uh, really adopted into law.
0: Well, thank you so much, Richard, really, for shedding light on the intricacies of the council's decision-making processes. And for our dear participants who will take on the role of council minister at the US, this is incredibly valuable advice. What are the most important tips you would give to future council ministers to extend their roles?
2: Um, I would say prepare well. I think uh, it's nice. Uh, you can get more out of the out of the simulation if uh, if you know what uh, what what is going on, which what is being discussed, and if you have already prepared your uh, point of view and um, and and, and the, for example, also the amendments, I think Veronica mentioned as well that you want to propose um, because you can really get more out of this uh, this simulation and i think uh try to take it serious because it's it's really cool um it's 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 a unique experience that that i think becomes even better if you if everybody is really engaged in uh in the discussions but most importantly also have fun uh, i mean it's uh it's it's really an intense uh week and uh and a lot of things are happening at the same time and and you're probably uh, multiple times overwhelmed by everything that's going on um, but but just at those times just sit back and enjoy the ride because it's really really nice uh, in the end it's a simulation you're making friends nobody's going to die so take it serious but but also really really enjoy because it uh, it's definitely uh, a unique experience I think I said that three times now it's it really really is
0: yeah indeed thank you so much Richard for inspiring our future participants and thanks again to Radka for sharing uh, her expertise and insights with us it's been a pleasure having you both in the podcast today thanks that wraps up our episode with the former minister of the council role player and member of the european parliament we hope you gained valuable insights into the responsibilities and decision making processes within the council after the next episode Stay tuned, stay engaged, and get ready for Modern European Union Strasbourg!